The Golden Homers are brought to you by Generations Barbershop, a Notre Dame-themed barbershop that has been keeping Irish fans looking good since 1930. Brent and Gill are located on Lincoln Way East in Mishawaka, Indiana. Open 8 to 5 and by appointment, call or text Brent at 574-250-0622. That's 574-250-0622. Hey guys, Nathan here from the Golden Homers podcast. When I'm cooking dinner or grilling on the weekends, I want to use what great chefs use in their steakhouses, exceptional quality meats. Meetup Vegas is my hookup. Meetupvegas.com. That's M-E-A-T, meet, meetupvegas.com. Their specialty meat packs come with veal cutlet, pork chops, and extra meaty pork baby back ribs or prime rib. And you already know meetupvegas.com is known for its unreal steaks. All the meat is individually vacuum sealed to maintain absolute freshness for 200 plus days in your freezer. And it's cheaper than you think. Check it out now at meetupvegas.com and use code IRISH10 at checkout to receive $10 off your first order. It's over, and the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. Second and goal for the Irish at the timeout. Williams, right to the right side. Powers to the end zone. Look, low snap, picked it up, takes an end zone shot, and finding McKinley goes up and gets it, and it is a touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Golden Homers Podcast with your hosts, Mason Plummer and Nathan Erbach. What's going on, Irish fans? Welcome into the Golden Homers Podcast. You're listening to us here on September 8th, Thursday, September 8th, a couple days before Notre Dame takes on Marshall first home game of the Marcus Freeman era. So pretty exciting from that regard. I'm here as always with my co-host Mason Plummer. Mason, how you doing today, man? Hey, doing well. Excited to look forward to Marshall. Excited. To, it's just crazy that we're at a point, you know, you look forward to the season all year long and the weeks go by so quickly where, you know, we're, we just got done recapping Ohio State and it's nice that six days later, we're right back with Marshall. So it's the best time of the year. NFL tonight, uh, just football season's the best, man. I'm so pumped. Yeah, excited to move past the Ohio State game. That's something that kind of was on our on our, you know, we 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 marked that down several years ago, not just not just six months ago. So that was a game we were all looking forward to. Obviously, didn't go the way Notre Dame planned, but some positives to take away from that game, some negatives to take away from that game, and hopefully against Marshall, we're able to kind of sure up some of those negatives and and maybe enhance some of the positives and so on and so forth. So I guess kind of we can start there. Um, start with the uh, you know. We know the offensive line didn't play well. So I guess moving forward into this Marshall game, it looks like Jared Patterson's going to play, which is, which is good news. You know, kind of get some continuity back to that offensive line, even though I think Kristoffic played pretty well. And, you know, maybe Carell and, and Josh Lugg specifically are the guys that need to, need to perform for Notre Dame. But certainly interested to see how, they, how they're able to perform. I think that's, it's going to be telling. If they're not able to push the line of scrimmage against Marshall, if they're not able to run the ball effectively – if Tyler Buckner's not able to drop back and have time to throw in clear passing situations, um, you know, then then maybe we know something about this offensive line, at least currently as the season stands. Maybe it's going to be something closer to the earlier part of last year, and we're kind of waiting for them to grow. But fortunately, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're going to play well on, on Saturday um, when it comes to the offensive line play, and I think the running rushing attack is going to be – is going to be good. And then I think Marcus Freeman said it best in his press conference. I forget if it was today or, or, uh, or a couple of days ago on Monday or whatever it was. He said that Notre Dame is going to be aggressive. 
you know, they're not, they're not worried that it's against Marshall. They're going to be aggressive on offense. They're going to give Tyler Buckner some opportunities to throw the football down the field. So excited to see kind of what comes from that. Um, any takeaways, I guess, moving from Ohio state to Marshall on your end? Um, yeah, I think that people would feel differently if Ohio state wasn't the first game. I think if Notre Dame had a cupcake, like most schools do and was able to dominate 49 to seven or something like that, um, that people would feel differently because they've seen the team in action and succeeding and doing really well. So Having Ohio State first, I think it brings out a lot of, I don't know, fear is the right word, but people think that this team's bad. I re- they're not. I don't think they are at all. I think they're a 10 or 11 win team. But uh, when you play a top two team in the country and you lose, you know, it brings out a lot of fear when people haven't seen any difference. So I'm excited for Notre Dame to play a lesser opponent, I guess, and have a chance to dominate. I think that it'll be really big for both the offense and defense uh, to be able to go out there, do their thing, and, you know, build some confidence in this group and also get Freeman his first win, his first win at home. Um, there should be a warm crowd, you know, receiving him, even though he is you know, 0-2 in his career. Um, you know, this it's time to go 1-2, and two, and then we're going to get right back on the winning track and, uh, you know, maybe finish like 11-2 like and two once the season's over. So, um, you know, I'm excited to, excited to bring Marshall in and get another name double on the schedule. Yeah, it would be fun if uh... – we're, we're talking about this 0-2 stretch for Marcus Freeman, and then he doesn't lose a game the rest of the season. That would be – it would be nice going into the Bulls, Bull game to say, hey, this coach is 10-2 and now as a as a coach versus, you know, 8-4 and four or whatever it may be. So um, you mentioned the defense. That's that's something I didn't really bring up. But obviously the defensive line getting some pressure on the quarterback would be, would be nice um, in this game as well. I think it's something we expect. You know, I think – that's one I, I tweeted out the other day, like overreactions from the Ohio State game. And I mentioned Tommy Reese and the defensive line. And I think both of those are going to prove to be true. Not 100 percent convinced the offensive line play was an overreaction. I think it would just have to kind of see that on Saturday to see how it goes. And I think we're all sort of scarred a little bit from last year. Uh, but the defensive line specifically, I mean, I think you're going to see Foskey have a great day. Um, I think he's kind of hungry um, to to prove some of the doubters wrong and, and if there are any doubters going into week two of this season. I mean, he probably wasn't too happy with his performance, you know, throwing a couple other guys, obviously. I think Jason Adamola got bullied around um, a lot of that Ohio State game, which is something that kind of surprised me. So I expect him and, you know, Justin to have a good day and, and just all those other guys on the, on the uh, you know, defensive line as a whole. So um, big, big days all around. And, you know, it's funny. I was going to mention this to you. I, I don't know if you saw my tweet earlier. And again, I, we're recording here on September 8th. I, I tweeted this out earlier today. I was a little surprised to find this out that Marshall has not played a power five team since 2018. They were scheduled to play two in 2018. One got canceled. Um, Obviously the COVID year, no one really played outside of their conference schedule. So that's part of the reason there maybe, but I found that interesting. And I think that's going to be a tough test for Marshall considering you're not a power five program. You're now, you're not even really used to playing anybody in the power five. And now you're playing a top 10 team. And I think me and you both agree, probably a team that's closer to top five and it's going to be a tough test. And I'm kind of, we'll get to our predictions here soon, but I'm, I'm going to ex- predict a, a pretty big score for Notre Dame and a, for them to cover the spread fairly easily. Yeah. I hit the spread as soon as it came out. I think I got it at 17 and a half or whatever it opened at. It might be 18 and a half, but um, yeah, I think Notre Dame's going to cover that with ease. Not only are they not going to allow a lot of points, but I think, you know, Freeman's homecoming, uh, the the poor offensive showing last week, I think, you know, Reese is going to be allowed to kind of open it up, at least from what I've read and heard. So um, I'm, I'm excited to see the offense kind of explode, and I think it will. And, you know, as for Marshall, there's only so much you can say or do 
in terms of like, hey, guys, this is a big game, like, uh, you know, big step up in competition. Then you go out there and you feel it. Like, you feel a top 10 team. You're not playing a non-Power 5 team anymore where, you know, they're on the relatively the same skill level as you. Like, Notre Dame should be able to go out there and dominate in all phases and all position groups. So, excited to see that. Um, you know, a, a big win will we'll feel good. And I'm kind of on the same page as you that I think that the spread even now, I think it's at 20 and a half. I think Notre Dame should clear that. So, um, you know, hoping to see Notre Dame hit into the 30s and 40s. Let's go ahead with some bold predictions. Um, we don't want to keep, keep you guys here, I guess, too long today, um, since we already had a podcast earlier this week. And, you know, it's, it's Marshall. So let's, let, let's, let's get right into uh, some of these bold predictions. Mason, I know you're writing some stuff down while we were talking. Um, go ahead and start. I think we'll both do maybe one or two here. Yeah, I've got two, uh, one offense, one defense. My first one, um, see how you feel about this one. Tobias Merriweather hits 100 yards and a touchdown. I think that there's going to be room for him. I think that he's going to be able to get over the top of this Marshall secondary. I don't know a lot about them, but from what I've read, you know, they're an experienced group. But I think that he's going to have his time to shine with Colsey banged up. I mean, Salerno, I don't know how much playing time he's really going to get. Jaden Thomas hasn't necessarily proved himself. And if they try to focus on Styles and Mayer, then he's the guy that, you know, should be able to make some plays. So I know it's a little bit bold, but I could see him, you know, getting 100 yards, maybe a long touchdown, and then, you know, add some yards in garbage time because he'll be the guy that stays out there longer than most, uh, getting some reps. So, yeah, I think 100 yards and a touchdown is very possible for Tobias Merriweather this week. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fairly bold considering the fact that he was didn't even play a snap last week. So I, I, would, I would consider that a fairly bold prediction. Um, regardless if I agree with you or not. Um, my first one, and I'm going to go a little crazy here on offense, I'm going to say that Tyler Buckner accounts for four touchdowns. And, you know, maybe some people don't say that's bold when we get to our predictions. Obviously, it's going to show that, you know, why I expect this. But I think that they really want to get Buckner cooking this week. And whether those touchdowns are on the, on the ground or through the air, whatever it may be, I think he accounts for four um, I was at, I was kind of thinking about saying Notre Dame was going to have four rushing touchdowns. Um, that was going to be my original bold prediction, but because I think Buckner maybe gets one or two of those, I'm going to say that he also accounts for four on his own. Um, so that's my offensive one. And my next one's not going to be actually d- defensive oriented, but I'll let you go first and I'll, 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 I'll mention my other. Yeah, mine, I think. Now that I'm looking at it, I have Notre Dame hits four sacks. I think that might be on the low side, might up that to like five or six. I think they're going to wreak havoc on on this Marshall offensive line and just this Marshall offense as a whole. But this is the two-parter. Notre Dame, I'm going to move it to five sacks. Notre Dame hits five sacks, causes three turnovers. I think they're going to easily win the turnover margin. A couple interceptions, a couple tip passes. I think Foskey's going to be good for a strip sack or two. So I know, he, like you said, he's not happy about his performance last week, not happy about losing at all. So he's going to come out here and, uh, you know, I feel bad for the Marshall quarterback. Yeah. 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 With all due respect, I feel bad for him as well. Cause I do, I mentioned earlier, I think Foskey's going to have a pretty good day, but, um, and, and I want to preface this by saying too, that I think Marshall's a solid football program, even though they haven't played any power five teams. I think they've been to a bowl game a couple years in a row now or several years in a row. And, you know, they have some decent travels looking at their roster the other day and courtesy of Tom Moy, actually, when he was on our spaces, I think it was right after the Ohio State game. He mentioned that Marshall had some guys, you know, that had transferred. And I know their top running back from last year is out, but they're the guy that I think ran for a little over 100 yards last week and two touchdowns is a former like high, high four star, almost a five star um, that went to Florida State. 
um, you know, had offered from, I think he had an offer from Alabama coming out of high school as well. So certainly some talent there, their corners are, are, are projected, you know, are, are, are returning and they're, they're fairly, you know, fairly good corners, I should say for a group of five team, but my last bold prediction and Mason, feel free to tell me if this isn't bold in, in your opinion, but I think that Notre Dame is going to have a non-offensive touchdown and I want to, and I think it's going to be a special teams touchdown. So I want to go maybe a step further and just say they have a special teams touchdown, whether it's a block kick for, you know, for a touchdown or a, a return by Tyree or, or Brandon Joseph. The reason I say that is, is that I think we were all kind of underwhelmed last week from the return game, but I was listening to the Irish Illustrated podcast today, and apparently Marcus Freeman was very, very confident in how the return game was going to be this year, and he was very annoyed, I guess, from, from how it looked um, this past Saturday. So I'm going to say someone like Tyree or Joseph gets a, gets a touchdown, but if, if – uh, that, that probably makes it more bold than if I just say non-offensive because like, you know, a pick six or a fumble recovery against a team like this probably is to be maybe somewhat expected. So I'll say a special teams touchdown. I think special teams touchdown is bold. They're not super common, but I do think it's possible. And I'm excited to see, you know, people say that Brian Mason's among the best um, special teams coordinators in the country. So I'm ready to see it. I, I think you emphasizing special teams makes it more bold for sure. I do think, you know, imagine they score offense, defense, and special teams. That would be bold. You, you cool with that? I'm sticking to my guns on this one. I'm staying with what I said. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Ironically, you... though, I've, I've, I've thought about it. And while you were talking, one thing, I, one thing I wanted to say is almost as a, you know, as a bold prediction, I was going to say John Sock was going to have zero punts on the day, but. So you can throw that in there. Like just if we come back to this, at least I mentioned it on the podcast. That's fair. I think it's, it's possible. He has to punt towards the end when jelly or pine gets in or something like that. But do you want to jump into uh, over-unders? Go ahead, man. Lost you there for a second. Good to go. Okay. okay. So the first one I've got is, I think Notre Dame is going to be able to run the ball and I think the offensive line is going to have a day and, you know, people lost some confidence in them, but I don't think that's valid. Um, over under 250 total rushing yards for the offense. I'm going to go under. Um, I do think that they want to get some, some, some of the passing attack going. I mean, I know that Marcus Freeman has said that they want to get obviously the run game going as well, because it was essentially ineffective against Ohio state, but if this was a team that maybe could keep it a little bit closer, if that sound, if, if that makes any sense, you know, like maybe against like North Carolina, for example, when you know North Carolina is going to be able to score a little bit and there's going to be a lot of possessions in the game, possibly, I would say, okay, maybe hit that over for the rushing because Notre Dame is going to have just, you know, they're going to be able to do it on the ground all day. But in this game, especially with my idea that Buckner's going to have four total touchdowns. I don't think all of them will be on the ground <laughs> and I don't think they're going to try to run him to death against a team like Marshall. Um, I, I think you probably get close to that 200 mark, but I'll go under 250. I'm going to take over because I think Notre Dame is going to be up by so much that they're running the ball a lot in the, in the second half. I think that it's possible there's a 50, 60 yard touchdown in there and that makes it a lot easier. So I will take the over on that one. Um, not, my next one, Notre Dame plus or minus, uh, I guess Marshall's points scored. Uh, how many points does Marshall score over or under 14 and a half? I'm going to go under. And I have my, I kind of have my prediction in mind. 
So I don't want to, I don't want to go off of that. So I'll go under 14 and a half. I'm also taking under, I think they hit 10, 13, maybe, but I could see Notre Dame being up 28, seven at half, 31, seven at half, something like that. I'm pretty confident in how the offense is going to look. I know a lot of people are slandering Tommy Reese, which isn't valid. If, now if Notre Dame comes out and lays an egg against Marshall, that's valid, but against Ohio state, I'm not buying that. So um, yeah, I, I'm going to say under there as well, under 14 and a half points for Marshall. Lastly, you dunked all over my, uh, my last over under was Buckner three and a half total touchdowns. So I set the line at a perfect spot. I think I'm going to take over as well. So we're both high on Buckner this week. Uh, great minds think alike, I guess. Yeah. I don't really have anything bad. I guess I, I said, he's going to have four total touchdowns as a, as a bold prediction. So I guess I have to hit the over there. Yeah, and I think he'll hit one or two on the ground. But, yeah, you said it, and I think they said that on the Irish Illustrated podcast as well. This isn't the week to be running him. You don't need him to, you know, do a whole lot on the ground for you. And if you do, that's probably not a good thing. So, um, yeah, I think he will, you know, inside the five or something, punch one in in the first or second quarter. But, ideally, he's not, you know, running for his life a ton. I guess the only caveat I have on on that bold prediction is – Let's just say they're up 41 to seven in the fourth and Buckner has three touchdowns at that point in time. I would probably be, if I was betting on this as an over under, I'd be a little nervous that they're going to take him out and essentially say, Hey, Drew Pine, Steve Angeli, whoever's going to come in, probably Pine because I think they need him ready just in case, Um, you know, maybe he kind of makes up for that and gets a, gets a touchdown by himself. And, and kind of screws it over. But I, I think Buckner's going to be so huge as part of the beginning or like that first half per se. I mean, he might hit the over in the first half. That's how confident I am in how they're going to play on offense. I think they're going to come out angry. I think the offensive line is going to come out angry. And it, it just wouldn't surprise me if they're up, you know, 35 to seven at halftime and Buckner has four of those touchdowns. So uh, adding to that a little bit more, that's kind of my, my thought process there. Let's get to game predictions. Um, and then we'll get to some fan questions. I know we didn't have as many as we wanted, but, uh, there's, there's a few, uh, for sure. So, uh, Mason, do you have your score prediction? I do. I'm going to go 45, 10. I think that's a fair number. I think Notre Dame's able to hit a bunch of touchdowns, a random field goal in there. Um, yeah, I think the, I believe the line for Notre Dame's points on FanDuel is like 34 and a half or something like that. I think they, they get over that. Um, I think they're, like I said, I think they're up 28, seven or something like that at half and then tack on a few more as we go. Um, one more point before I let you go to your game prediction. Have you seen the small faction of people that still think Drew Pine should be starting over Tyler Buckner? Like I know that Pine's going to get time in this game if things go well, and I'm not ready for that. For people to be saying that he should be starting because I, I can't do it. There's a there's a faction of people that really do believe it. Yeah, and I was laughing while you were talking because that's that's it's hilarious. I, listen, I love Drew Pine. I think he's a hell of a backup quarterback in in a, in a you know and probably a guy that eventually will be a solid Power Five guy, just somewhere else or maybe at like a good G five school like Cincinnati or something like that. If he eventually transfer out transfers out of Notre Dame for his like final two years of school. And I think he's a guy that's very capable to lead this Notre Dame offense to, to wins against pretty much everybody on their schedule, not named like Clemson and, and USC pretty much. Um, but first of all, it was Buckner's first game. <laughs> and, and most of the people that don't like Buckner loved him coming out of high school 
And I just don't think we've seen enough out of him, both positively and negatively in his first 11 games, which last year was mostly in that niche gadget role to say anything. I mean, if you were excited about him coming out of high school, I don't see how that changes. Like, I, I just, I just don't see how that's a, something that you can sit there and be like, I think more, I think worse of him now than I did coming out of high school, especially when, I mean, I, and I hate to go back to the Ohio state game, but like he, he, yeah. Did he put up like awesome numbers? No, not necessarily, but did he hold his own on the road in his very first start as a player? Granted, as an underclassman, it's not like he's been in the program for three years, four years, you know, and all now all of a sudden is, is getting the start for someone. Like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's weird to me. Now, if you hated him coming out of high school, then okay, maybe your, your I guess, level of optimism towards Buckner can be a little bit different because then, then you can maybe point to some reasons why, but I don't know a Notre Dame fan that didn't like him coming out. So, um, or at least didn't have some optimism towards him coming out. So if you liked him coming out, then I I don't see any reason why you would want, not want him starting. Right. And I think this goes to my bigger point about, you know, the Notre Dame season, how it's laid out. If Notre Dame, like I said, before Notre Dame had a cupcake in the very beginning, then people would feel different if Buckner already had, five or six touchdowns to his name. So, I mean, it is what it is. He's going to prove himself. The people that want Pine to start just don't want Notre Dame to get over the hump. Pine will get you 10 wins, but Buckner could get you 12. I think that's in the realm of possibilities moving forward, and I don't think that is for Pine. So, um, as far as – did you already do your game prediction? No, no, not yet. Not yet. We kind of got um, I'm going to go with uh, – and it's funny you said 45 to 10 because I was kind of in that same realm. I'm going to go 49 to 10. I'm going to say Blake Groupie does not have any – uh, field goals. Notre Dame punches it in whenever they go. Maybe that's another bold prediction if we want to come back to this as a receipt level thing down the road. Special teams. Right. I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm gonna say 49 to 10. And it's it's over by mid-third quarter at the very least. Or at the very latest, I should say. Um, I, I think it'll I think it'll be one of those games where it's over by halftime. They'll be up 28-7, 35-7, whatever it is at half, and then they punch in a few more. Um, Maybe some Notre Dame fans will get upset with the fact that they didn't like, you know, get like you know, the whole Brian Kelly thing where they didn't like just murder a team and put them into the ground. But if it's 28 or 35 to seven at halftime and they end up scoring two more or three more touchdowns, like I'll be pretty happy about that. Cause, and then on top of that, it means that they didn't allow, you know, Marshall to really get back into the game. It's, you know, they, they maybe kick a field goal or kick, you know, have one more touchdown or something like that. And and then that hits our, our over under as well on the, on the lack of points for Marshall. I don't think they score more than two touchdowns or, or at least, or more than two uh, scoring possessions, I should say. So yeah, 49 to 10, I think is in the realm I'm kind of looking at. And I think, you know, ironically enough, I mean, that 34 spread that you just mentioned for the Notre Dame offense, I, that seems pretty low, uh, but maybe, maybe FanDuel or whatever DraftKings or whatever you said it was is, is lower just because they only put up 10 points last week. But um, I don't know. I think uh, I think they're going to come out. Like I said, I could, they're going to come out angry and and ready to go. So they should come out angry. And I'm, I'm I feel like they want to put on a show for Freeman's first game. Go score some touchdowns. Go win by a hundred. Do something. I'm. I don't think Marshall's not quite at the level of no offense like UNLV or something like that to where you really could see Notre Dame putting like seventy on somebody. But I am curious to see his approach to like you can score seventy. Like, are you going to? Like, are you willing to? do that kind of thing where Kelly didn't 
I'm curious to see that and, you know, it'd be a good thing if Notre Dame was in that position to do so. I love how you said no offense when you <laughs> said UNLV. Well, the Irish Illustrated pod kept kept hitting on Ball State, like, oh, you know, a Ball State game. I was like, oh, man, I got I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> that game was wild for me anyways. I was a freshman at the time. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, all right, let's what, – what, what do we have for some – for some Twitter questions or fan questions. Yeah, I got them pulled up here. Um, this first one is my favorite just because it's funny. If you haven't recorded yet, dot, 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 what if Randy Moss did go to Notre Dame? Another Heisman, I would imagine. And I think he'd be he'd go down as one of the best ever players that touched the field at Notre Dame. And it's just crazy that it didn't happen. And you look back at the guys like AI, like wanted to go to Notre Dame or something like that, right? Um, yeah, that'd be two of the coolest, best players ever in their individual sports. Um, yeah, man, that would have been something. Here's, would... here's my prediction. If, if he would have ended up at Notre Dame, Notre Dame would have a national championship since 1988. That's my, that's, that's what I'll say about it. And receiver? He's up there for sure. If he's not the goat, he's, you know, top three to four or five for sure. Right. But I guess with the Moss thing, my, my reasoning behind that is maybe they don't win when he's there hundred percent like they like possibly do but I also think like that adds another almost decade of of like hey man like these guys love going to Notre Dame like you said everybody knows who Randy Moss is if throughout the NFL like our our growing up like the Tom Brady to Randy Moss years like that that you know people are like oh man that's a Michigan guy throwing to a Notre Dame guy I think that that builds some recruiting stuff that we don't really think about. And obviously it doesn't really do it at Marshall because it's Marshall. And like, again, no offense to them, but if he would have ended up at Notre Dame and had the success he had in high school or in college, and then obviously at the NFL level, I think it would have maybe brought some more fanfare and some more recruiting love to Notre Dame that it, they struggled to get towards in that, like the early two thousands, and even maybe like those first couple of years of Brian Kelly until 2012. So um, that's my prediction is that if Randy Moss came to Notre Dame, they would have another national championship since 1988. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, this next one comes from H-Town. Um, how many, shout out to the group chat. How many snaps will Tobias Merriweather get first? And then will we see Jalen Sneed get snaps? I don't know snap counts. I'm not that guy where I'm like, oh, he's going to get 27. I think that, Tobias Merriweather is going to see a lot of action, especially in the second half, uh, hopefully in the first half too. I can see, you know, I think that he's uh, going to try to be a focal point of this offense. I think he's really talented and Notre Dame has a lack of receivers. So uh, what better game to have a coming out party? I, I do think SMA is going to have a great game as well. Not that that's related, but um, it's his coming out party. And will we see Jalen Sneed get defensive snaps? I hope so. Um, I don't know how realistic that is, but uh, I'd like to see him, touch the field and get some action. It seems like he's a little bit undersized still. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to see him play because I think he's a freak and I think he's going to be awesome for Notre Dame. I just don't know if it's quite his time yet. I do want to see some freshmen though. I think it's likely we see Raritan. Yeah. So I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago and that, so last year, like with, let's just use Lorenzo Styles as a reference point. He, I don't know if he got any snaps against Florida state, but he didn't record any stats. Against Toledo, he had one catch for two yards. And then against um, – and then it looks like he didn't play for at least a week. They might have had another – they might have had a bye week in there as well. But then his next his next recorded catch was against Cincinnati. And it was a 14-yard catch. So, obviously, I think this year is a little bit different. You don't really have that Kevin Austin 
um, type. And, you know, obviously you lost Avery Davis. And so last year you had Kevin Austin and Avery Davis on, on the roster. So a little bit more depth, a little bit more talent, or at least proven talent um, than you do this year. So I'm with you. I think Tobias Merritt gets some snaps. You already have a bold prediction in there that he's going to have a, have a decent day. Yeah, he so, better right. So I, I think whether or not he's ready or the same level of readiness that Lorenzo Siles was in week two last year, I think he's going to almost have to get snaps because they need him to. It looks like Joe Wilkins might not play, or if he does, he's like kind of on a limited snap count. And it, and it looks like Colsey's not going to play at all. He might still be a couple weeks out from, from really contributing to this team. Maybe he gets a few blocking snaps or something like that over the next couple weeks. But I think they want him healthy when they get to the North Carolinas and the, you know, the BYUs of the world when they start getting into a little bit more of a, a tougher part of their schedule. So, I mean, if you don't have those two playing, I know you didn't have them against Ohio State really either then who, who else is it going to be and, and what better opponent the next couple of weeks than to get them in against teams like Marshall and California and, you know, and get him ready to go. So when you do play BYU and you do play Clemson later on and USC, he's, he's someone that can be counted upon kind of like how Lorenzo style was as the years, as the year went on um, last year. So he definitely gets some snaps. I think he's going to record his first catch that that's kind of like what I would say. I think he records his first catch bare minimum this week. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to go as far to say that he's going to have like the day that you mentioned, but I would certainly love it. Yeah, that was more of a fun thing. I don't know how realistic it is, but it'd be cool. That's why well, it's bold. That's why it's bold. Yeah, right. And nobody asked for a, a semi prediction. Um, <laughs> last question. And the underscore enthusiast, Irish enthusiast, what freshman not named Jaden Mickey or Ben Morrison will see the field Saturday and have the biggest impact? I think a handful of freshmen will see the field, but, um, you know, we've been talking about Tobias Merriweather a lot this show. I think he's he's the name that comes out to me on offense. You could throw Raritan in there as well. And then defensively, I think it's got to be Junior Tui Alamaka. I think he's going to get some snaps, and um, he's electric when he's on the field. I like the waving hair flying around between him and Leofau both. I love it. So, um, yeah, those are my two answers. You know, I totally – I kind of skipped over Jalen Sneed in the last in the last one. Um, I, I'm kind of with you. I think that it will be a, a big enough lead towards the end of the game that Sneed will get some snaps, you know, as like a second team rover or something like that um, this week, you know, maybe like in the fourth quarter with garbage time or something like that, which is nice. I mean, I, I think I've mentioned this several times now that game snaps matter. And if, if Sneed can get, you know, five to 10 snaps under his belt this week and, and different things like that, maybe even show out possibly, you know, that's going to help him to possibly either A, be a contributor later on in the season um, if injuries happen or if he's just better, you know, if he's just better and, and, you know, you can actually find a role for him or for next year when he might have to take over as a starter. I mean, who knows? Maybe Kaiser goes to the draft. I don't know. I doubt it. I think Kaiser comes back. But, yeah, so I, I think Snead gets some snaps. Um, and then what was – so what was this question again? Yeah, I'll read it again. Uh, what freshman not named Jaden Mickey or Ben Morrison will see the field this Saturday and have the biggest impact? Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of have to throw in guys like you mentioned, Eli Raritan and Tobias Merriweather start start there. I think those are guys that you have to think of. Um, and, and we've already kind of gone over it, but they kind of need it with some of the other, you know, injuries and, and you know, issues at wide receiver and stuff like that. So I think those guys get in. Um, man, that's tough because I think, I think Morrison and Mickey are going to be big-time contributors for Notre Dame this year. I think they showed that. And so it's tough. Man, you mentioned Junior. He was in on a few snaps against Ohio State. I think he's a guy that's definitely going to 
kind of continue to get more involved on defense and kind of select packages. I think he's all over the field when it comes to special teams as well, which, you know, we don't really, we kind of poo poo that idea sometimes, but like, that's, that's important. Like if he can be a guy that's effective for them on special teams, I mean, look at Bo Bauer. I mean, he kind of made a name for himself on special teams. Claypool, even though he was a starter, made a name for himself, made a name for himself on special teams at Notre Dame. So um, I can totally see a guy like junior doing that. Um, if you want, I mean, I, we both know that Bryce McPherson's going to be the, the um, kickoff guy at some point. It looks like the broadcast wasn't actually wrong on him outside of the fact that saying Yoakum won the job um, on, the opening, on the opening kickoff. It looks like it actually was him kicking off. I think we just assumed it was McPherson and didn't really pay much attention to it. Um, but once he's healthy to go, I think he's going to be the kickoff guy. Um, and honestly, one other guy I'll mention is, you know, you have Foskey leaving this year or after the end of this year. You just lost your top recruit in Keon Keeley. We don't know how they're going to replace him. I, I think there's an opportunity that maybe towards the end of the game, we see someone like Joshua Burnham or Aiden Gobira um, in the game just to see some snaps, kind of like a Jalen Sneed situation. So just kind of maybe a shout out to those guys to see where, where they might be, um, not necessarily even on the depth chart, but just maybe they get some snaps. Um, this is one of those games where if you're going to use that four, four game rule for, uh, you know, for red shirting, why not throw them in there? And uh, I can see that's one of the best things that and the NCAA has done and I'll praise them very much, but the four games. Yeah, no, I'm with you hundred percent there. So um, anything else, Mason, any other questions by chance? That is it. Um, we are coming up on our time limit, though. So if you want to take us out of here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, guys. I mean, thanks for tuning in. Like I said, we did. We're, I think we might try to keep this a two podcast um, system throughout the season. I think it's it's fun. Um, obviously, if you if you didn't get enough of the Ohio State coverage, go check out our, our podcast from earlier this week. We've kind of break down that game. I think it's a good transition into this podcast where we kind of talk about some things that we that Notre Dame needs to improve on or just kind of keep building on. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, if you like what you're hearing, support us in any way you can support us by listening, support us by contributing to our podcast on anchor. Um, so you can, you can find us at golden homers. That's our main page. We're going to use a lot of that page for our content moving forward, but as always, obviously Mason Plummer underscore Nathan underscore Erbach. Um, those are where you can find us personally and interact with us. So. Uh, hit us questions before every podcast just so we have some more stuff to talk to you guys about. And if not, we'll see you after the game. Maybe we'll do a spaces um, after the uh, after the Marshall game, but then we'll do probably two podcasts for you guys next week as we prepare for Cal. So, yeah, and I was just going to add that if you, you know, if you want to save your questions for the Twitter spaces, we love interacting with everybody on there, too. So if that's what you prefer, you know, we always enjoy talking to everybody. And this last space was potentially our best one ever. Went like three hours. Had a lot of the Notre Dame beat guys on there. A ton of fun. Tom Loy on there answering recruiting questions. And I think our, our space game is, is undefeated at the moment. So tap in. Yeah, absolutely. And then one more quick thing before I let you guys go. One thing I mentioned a few weeks ago is that we might do like a, a space is when it comes to maybe the Marshall or the um, – you know, or the cow game or UNLV possibly down the road if I'm not able to attend that game. But if we don't do something during the game, we might throw a spaces on for a few minutes during the uh, uh, during halftime of, of this game. Mason and I are going to talk about that here after after we get off with you guys. But that's something that we're looking forward to. So again, guys, thanks for listening. Go Irish. Beat Marshall. <laughs>